All right, welcome back to two more episodes of North and Gold Podcast. We're going to record two episodes at the same time right yes, now. Yes, sir. And why is that? Because you were lost in a slot canyon and I couldn't find you to record <laughs> said podcast. Yeah, I gave Jake a very narrow window. Speaking of narrows, because I was in the narrows, hiking the narrows. And so when I got home, we had like one night that we could get our recording done and still give people a full 24 hours to listen. And and on that one night I gave him, he just like off and disappeared. I did. I laid down with my son who was sick and was telling him a Rudy the Fox story. And Rudy the Fox stories are kind of a story that are passed down from generation to generation. My dad told me Rudy the Fox stories. His dad, his dad, like six generations deep. It's stories that we tell. So I told him a couple of Rudy the Fox stories. Boom. Next thing I know, it's 4.30 in the morning. I'm still in bed with him. So... That was our, our one shot. We overshot it. We missed it, but that's okay. We can we can jam that's goodness. Rudy into this. the fox. So the yep. fox is named Rudy. Rudy and the fox. Tell me the what are the parameters of a Rudy the fox story? Unless this is a family secret. Is no, there, no. Is there, there like there's, certain there's, there's, some, that there's some characters. Rudy the fox. He's the main character. His best friend okay. is Sally Sly the fox, and then he has a few oh. other characters: Dave the duck, Peter the pig. Anyway, basically, what you do is you tailor the story to their age group and kind of yeah. kind of teach life lessons in the story. Like, for okay. example, my eight year old. I'm telling a story about how Rudy the fox was at the store, and his friend Dave the duck took a Snickers and put it in his pocket and tried to get him to do it, so he succumbed to peer pressure later felt bad his mom took him back that type of thing and then if it's like a two-year-old yeah. you talk about rudy the fox went swimming and everyone you know whatever the whatever the age group is you tailor the story to them to teach yeah. them life lessons yeah that's awesome i like yeah. that i yeah. uh my children uh so the older i've got the older three and then i've got just this toddler that's walking around being an adorable toddler right now but the older three the 11 7 and soon to be wait 11 9 and soon to be seven year old we just started reading the fellowship of the rings and so that's my that's our bedtime tradition now is uh i'd never read it before and they really loved the hobbit last year and i warned them i said you know this is a little bit more intense this is for teenagers but you know what this generation they can handle intense they were like bring it on let's do this see i need to step my game up mine are silly little fox stories but you know what the truth (laughs) is i i still remember some of the things my dad told me in some of those stories growing up and it influenced my life like one of them was a story about baseball because i was big into baseball at the time playing baseball Uh he told the story of how Rudy the Fox slid into home and he got called safe, but he was out. And he told the ump that he was really out. And so yeah. later in a game, later on, I did the same thing and everyone hated me. Because, I mean, yeah. It wasn't that exact same thing, but I, I told the ump that I didn't catch it or something. I can't remember now. I didn't catch it. And so and so everyone's like, what are you doing? And I thought, man, Rudy yeah. the Fox told me to do this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which brings up a, a greater ethical sports question. Those that tune in to listen to actual sports talk and not our how much we love our children talk. We're going to segue here. So a few years ago, Derek Jeter, he acted like the pitch hit his elbow or his hand or something like that when it didn't. And it showed on the replay that it didn't. And so you're watching Derek Jeter, and you can take the two arguments. You can say the showmanship is part of the game, and a skill you can have is selling the ref or the umpire on this thing happening. Or you can say the game is pure, and if we had perfect, pure infallible referees then that is how the game should be played and anything you do to deceive the referees is dishonest it's akin to a a dentist saying you need a root canal when you don't need a root canal or a businessman saying the price of grain is this much when it's really that much or i don't know on and on there's all kinds of examples of dishonesty in the professional world does dishonesty in the arena of sports like chris 
Paul or James Harden saying, whoa, he hit me, I'm falling down because I'm an idiot that can't stand up on my own two feet. Is, is, does that count? Is that just like a businessman deceiving another businessman, or is that all part of the game? Oh, it's like, that is a... That is a moral dilemma, my friend, and I was not ready for something so deep and heavy as this. But you know what? You, you look at it. You know, do you want do you want honesty at all times, like you're taught in church and by your parents, or the old adage, "If you're not cheating, you're not trying," right? So yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think I, I think as long as it's within the rules and you try to get neds, that's fine. But it's when you start going outside of the rules, you know, when you're okay. when you're taking performance enhancing drugs or when you do something yeah. that's outside the rules but if you if you if you're like in a scuffle and you try and ham it up a little bit to get a foul called i think that's fine but i i, okay. I, I remember a story by actually now that we mentioned it, uh joseph b worthland as you know elder worthland apostle of the church but also a, a star utah utes running back one of the greatest speedy right. worthland he told the story of when he was tackled at the goal line and he was short, and he felt down and saw the paint of the end zone, and he was like six inches short, but he didn't move the ball, and he could have. This is obviously before instant yeah. replay because black and white yeah, days, yeah. right? So he could have, but he didn't because he was honest, and, and they lost the game because of it. And I think they lost the Skyline Conference. So we would have another conference title now if it wasn't for <laughs> Speedy Worthland. No, but he, he, he kept his integrity. He felt good about it. So, I, you know, it is yeah. a dilemma, but I, I, my personally, I side on if it's not against the rules – you know, push as much as you can. If it is cheating outside the rules, that's when it sucks. I I would love to see flopping punished more harshly. So know? would I, cause because I hate it. I hate flopping. You, you have the refs; they they have to know. Like Carmelo Anthony, I, I'm watching him, and and one year it just hit me. I thought, how can that man look himself in the mirror? Like, if you go back on every foul that's ever called on him, like he's someone who could have heard a Rudy the Fox story about the boy who cried wolf (laughs) and learned a thing or two from that because according to his face, he has never committed a foul in his life. And it's like, okay, you are, there's two scenarios here. One is you're the dumbest person on the court and you have no idea what a foul is and what isn't a foul. Or number two is you have no self-respect and no honesty in you. You know, you yeah. can't argue every single call, and he does. Yeah, he's that way. Also, Chris Paul's that way. I remember Tim yeah. Duncan being that way. I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. it's just I hate players that are good that beat us. I don't know. But, <laughs> that's that's but, another common thread but there, But, yeah, too. man. I, anyway, so, yeah, wrap, to wrap that part up, I think if, if it's within the rules, you try to stretch it, that's fine maybe. But if it's breaking rules, that's kind of where I'm like, eh, I don't know. I got this is time for a story for my technical foul. I have one technical foul in my entire career. So in my basketball, my story basketball career, junior jazz, I didn't make the seventh grade super league team. I made the eighth grade super league B team. I didn't make my freshman year high school team. I made my sophomore year high school team. And then junior and senior year I had knee surgeries, was on crutches. I didn't have much of a career anyway, but what I had of a career was just gone to knee surgeries from that point on. I had five knee surgeries after that. So not much of a career, but there was one point in junior high uh, I was just sometimes you just show up at the game you're in a bad mood and I was in a bad mood and so I was being a little bit mouthy you know and not by me me mouthy it's like come on bad call you know like I, yeah. I'm not I didn't have a mouth on me at that point in time so I get called for a blocking foul and I look at the ref and I'm like come on charge and those I promise I swear to you those are the only two words that left my mouth I said <laughs> come on charge and I start walking away and I hear the whistle as I'm walking away. And it was like you could feel, you know how when you feel yourself turning red, my ears and my neck, I'm like, I'm turning red because I was embarrassed because all I said was come on charge. But we're talking like small town. My grandpa was there. My grandparents come to my games. My dad was there. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, 
everybody thinks I like swore at the ref right now. <laughs> and so I was so embarrassed by that. I was so mad. So I get back to the bench and my dad's like, he was, was like, what'd you say? And I'm like, I said, come on, charge. And he just laughs he's like, no, you didn't. You know, like he didn't believe yeah. me. And he's like, you don't have to tell me what you said, you know? And yeah. Anyway. To this I, I day, he thinks it. you it lied to his effect. Yeah, to this day, he thinks you lied through your teeth to him. He's still like, <laughs> my son dropping F-bombs, getting, getting technical fouls. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of technical fouls, actually, I, I don't know how to segue this. but That's so, a good one. So, fo- <laughs> football, huh? How Technically, about- you beat the fouls of Oregon, who are waterfowl, right? Yeah, boom, perfect, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Sure, let's, let's start there, dude. I, I'll, I'll tell you yeah. what. After, I mean, from our previous podcast you you remember my enthusiasm was building week by week saying yes. how we're unstoppable and then uh-huh. boom within a period of five days we lose our starting freaking quarterback and our best oh, player yeah. our running back zach moss in a period of five days and yeah. it's like not only did did this hype just come to a crashing halt but it fell off a freaking cliff and it was like mm-hmm. devastating because we know all of our previous november issues right and so yeah. leading up to the oregon game it's like dude i don't even know I don't even know if we win again. I really thought that because we had our backup backup quarterback, backup running back, and we're playing Oregon, who's a high-scoring team, and boom, mm. what happens? Jason Shelley puts on his Superman cape and leads us to a victory over the mighty Ducks of Oregon. And it was – I'll tell you what, what moment was incredible, okay, because we don't usually win games like this. Mm-hmm. We jump out to an early lead. We falter a lot in the red zone. We're getting field goals. But you could just feel like, man, this is not enough. This is not enough. Sure enough, Oregon scores, and then they block the punt with eight minutes left and put them on the three-yard line and take the lead uh, down uh, to put us down, I think, th- three at that point. Um, yeah. And uh, at that point, it just we had no momentum. We hadn't really scored for a while. It was late in the fourth quarter. It was cold. We had our backup quarterback, our backup running back, and it looked like just another – typical Ute loss in November, but Jason mm-hmm. Shelley straps it on, leads us down the field with a, uh, for a, a go-ahead score, and then our D stops him on the next drive, and then we drive down again and score and win, and it was just, it was an incredible moment. It's like we exercise all these demons in one yeah. in one quarter. The November demon where we can't score late in the game, the the backup quarterback, we, our coaches were wearing freaking camo on the sidelines, um, <laughs> all these things. Oregon has beat us so many times in, in heartbreaking fashion and, and just you know you think about the Kalen Clay drop uh, at the yeah. goal line several years ago you think about Darren Carrington scoring with two seconds left to end our South Hopes in 16 and boom we exercise all those demons in one quarter it just felt amazing man it felt incredible and it feels of, great of all those there's like 15 things I could jump in on on that and you know where I'm gonna choose it, sports turns like manly men into fashion ex- experts sometimes have you ever noticed that <laughs> and it's does. cool you got Me like Dalai Lama too. yeah you got like uniform people who are really like actually talented at that like that's their skill and then the rest of us are like oh those pants you know and like we would never get away with talking about that in any other setting <laughs> it's but so those true. hoodies let's talk about those hoodies those were not flattering hoodies they made everybody just seem like the just the color combo was like blah wow, it was like they, just like like a depressing party like bleh, yeah Blah, and it you know <laughs> made Wit look look old and depressed and fat, and he needed it a haircut. Did, yeah, all from that hoodie. Uh, the funny 
funny as you said because I I used to rank uniform combinations on Twitter. I would. Are you done doing that? <laughs> I, I remember dude, you doing that. I used to do that, but I you know what it lost it lost its luster. I, I did four yeah. or five years, but I, I haven't done it this year. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny because we're like, oh, I, I would wait. I would be like, dude, when are they going to release this week's combo? Because I typically what I used to do is I used to match up my game day attire to what they were wearing. So if they were in a red. Oh helmet, yeah, yeah. And a red shirt. I wear a red. <laughs> so stupid. I know. So well, nerdy. Every little kid thinks like that. Like like that scenario where how many people they got on the roster? They've got like sixty people dressing, and you need eleven on the field. So what if like. 49 people happen to be hurt and they're like we need somebody he looks like he could play and they call you down from the stands and and you're already matching the team so it's like well he can he can do this That's exactly right yeah but no i would i but now i just wear black all the time i don't even care what the colors are yeah. when you're fat you just, gotta, you just gotta wear black so yeah, black, uh, black is slimming yeah so that so it's uh anyway yeah the uniform combo so anyway that the youths did they exercised a lot of demons that night and it felt it felt yeah. great I I watched that entire game. I felt like uh, like a lot of fans did that it was over after that blocked punt and then converting into that into a touchdown. I thought, well, we've seen this story before, right? We, yep. Do we really need to keep watching? We know how this ends. And then, yeah, credit to uh, to Shelley. You know, he he stepped up when he needed to step up, and he's got a bright future. I think so too. I think he's uh, he. Uh I hear different comparisons. People say he's he throws a better ball than Huntley. I'm not sure if he does um, mm. or not, but I don't care. All I care about is he, he he was efficient. He didn't turn the ball over, and he let us down on eight scoring drives. You know, granted yeah. most of them were field goals, but we got touchdowns when we needed it. And mm. again, our defense stepped up. They held them te- technically to 17 points because that one touchdown they got they is off the block punt. They started on the three yeah. yard line. So I, I don't I don't pin that on the defense, but defense right. held them. To 17 points and once we switched the the big key in the game defensively for me was uh their star receiver Mitchell was torching uh, our cornerback uh Julian Blackman all game long mm-hmm. and then they switched Jalen Johnson to him to guard him and yeah. I don't think he had another catch after that he locked him freaking down and right. uh and that's when the defense really locked in is when he was uh when he was locking down that receiver and he was a big time yeah. recruit man like literally he was wanted he visited Oklahoma and Florida and USC mm-hmm. he had big time offers but he came to Utah because of our reputation with cornerbacks and he's living up to the hype. He's big. He's fast. He's talented. He locked down the receiver, and that was the key defensively. And of course, our two linebackers, Hanson Barton, played awesome. Yeah. Uh, Chase yeah. had like thirteen tackles, a sack, uh, several tackles for loss. They just the, the defense locked him down. Offense did enough to win and uh, put us right back in the South race. Granted, we need Arizona State to lose, but they got two road games coming up. I think we can do it. I think we can beat Colorado this week and then take yeah. down and have Arizona State stumble along the way, and then we get our first South title, man. So Arizona State, I know they still have to play their rival in Arizona. Who's their other game that they have? At Oregon this weekend. At Oregon. Okay, so suddenly we're Oregon fans, and yep, then suddenly we're, we're Arizona now. fans. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you know, Oregon at home is really good. They're like five and one, and then on the road yeah. they're they're one and three, and then uh, same thing with Arizona State. They're terrible on the road too, and and good at home. So I think uh, Vegas has it set where Utah's seven point favorite over Colorado, and okay. Col- Oregon's a five point favorite, I think, over Arizona State. So so if Vegas okay. holds, then you're yeah. looking at the South champs, baby. Let's consider this. What does Oregon still have to play for? They're not in the North race anymore, are they? 
No, they're not in the North race. They have two just, games just left. Just a better bowl game then, right? Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's their it's their coach's first year. Um, so, yeah. optically, if you, if you look at it, if they win out and they finish eight and four, that seems a lot better than six and six yeah. or seven and five. It just you could say, oh, dude, okay, first year as a head coach, we went eight and four. That's good. So, I think yeah. they've got I've got you know bowl positioning and maybe setting up for next year. Although, okay, they're likely to lose their quarterback to the NFL, but still, you, you know, yeah, I don't know. They're I, I do think that's. The one thing working against Utah right now is Arizona State controls their own destiny. Utah does not control their own destiny. So Arizona State possibly can reach to that, you know, motivation and and channel that and harness that, and they may show up, and it may be despite everything the Utes do, you know, it's Arizona's to lose. So it would, and you know, I said this, I said this earlier. It would suck. It would, it would suck that in a year where we beat USC, Stanford, and Oregon all in the same yeah. year. Granted, they're yeah. not at their peak level, but USC, Stanford, Oregon, three the three premier brands added right. Washington as the fourth, but we didn't beat them. USC, Stanford, Oregon beat all three of those guys in the same year and still yeah. be kept out of the South title because of a loss to freaking Arizona State. That would suck, but right. It's, right. it's the world we live in, man. You know, and it's still uh, not to be all uh, like uh, kumbaya, let's feel good about us, but there, there were years when Utah fans would love to even have this kind of a problem, you know, to be in the conversation, to be yeah. included. Like, it's a testament to how far the program's come. Yeah, it is. And and you know what? You look back, we had a couple – early on we had a couple down years where we didn't make a bowl game. But I think this is year seven in the Pac-12, I want to say. And mm-hmm. of those seven, five of them, we've been in the in the South race the second to last weekend or later. Right, and so, right. Um, but we've always find a way to lose it. And so – Hopefully this year we don't, and I hope it's not because of a quarterback injury, um, yeah, or a running back injury is the reason we, we lose it. But you know what? If if Arizona State wins out, then they've earned it. I'll be honest. They'll, they'll have like they'll end with like a five or six game winning streak. They'll have gone on yeah. the road uh, to USC to Oregon. To, if they win out, they've earned it. Um, but if they don't, and we win out, and we win, I think we've we've earned it too. So. R- rumors are circulating. I think last night, or maybe it was first thing in the morning. I, I look at my phone sometimes when I'm still like five minutes from dreamland, and I don't things don't make sense. Colorado had fired their coach, and then I looked a little while later, and they had not fired their coach. So um, does that make you nervous that the program is going to be that way, or do you say yes, bring on the chaos, let's let's focus on the game while they focus on the yeah. distractions? Uh- See everyone. Everyone else is overreacting. Like, oh crap, that's going to galvanize them. I'm like, dude, more chaos the better because they're focused on things yeah. other than the game. I mean, what happens usually is, previously is Utah would play USC right after they fired their coach midseason, yes. and and they would beat us. That happened, I think, twice. And so well, somehow they come together for the new guy, right? Yeah, they come together for the new guy. But the difference is USC literally is loaded with five-star guys at every freaking position. They're they're yeah. talented enough where they could just a little bit of motivation, they could flip a switch and be great. Whereas Colorado, yeah. they're not as talented as USC, so I don't care that they're losing their coach. I I, I think we I, we handle them our 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 lines will handle both sides of the ball. And yeah. I think we I think we beat them by I think we beat them by at least ten ten to fifteen something like that. Yeah, I I would say barring something really unexpected and not even from Utah's side, I don't see Utah coming with any surprises. I think the Utah we've come to know this year is going to show up. The only question mark is what Colorado is going to show up, and if it's a Colorado we've never seen before, and either way, it's a Colorado I've never seen before. I haven't watched them this year. But uh, well, you know, if they show up, if that if that chaos somehow channels them to to just 
perform at peak level because they love their coach and don't want him to go or because I don't know, you know, yeah. they, you well, just Col- never know. Colorado, they started out five and zero, oh, and then they've lost five straight. So they're five and five. However, I yeah. said at the time they were ranked, they were five and one oh ranked. And I said, it's fool's gold because the teams yeah. they beat were terrible. They beat a terrible Nebraska team. Barely. They beat a very yeah. bad UCLA team. Barely. And so their wins weren't impressive. And I said at the time it's fool's gold. They're going to fall off. And sure enough, they've lost five straight. Um, and maybe, maybe they do galvanize. Maybe they come together for their coach, but I, I don't expect it to. I don't. I don't expect them to. So I expect. To, I expect to win. What's the opposite of of gold in in the elements or in you know things that exist out there? Garbage. Um, fool's gold. I don't. I don't know. Fool, no, no. So, so I'm going to say if Colorado's early success was fool's gold, BYU's early struggles appear to have been fool's garbage. Can we call it fool's garbage? Oh, okay, sure, sure. Let's go. For those same reasons. You know, we lose a close one to Cal, and we're like, come on, it's Cal. Well, they've gone on, and they've, they've had themselves a decent year, right? They have. And yeah. then it's it's that when you take that second closer look, that second-level look at what the other teams are doing, and at this point in the season, you can start to get a feel for it. BYU really has played a tougher schedule than people were giving them credit for. And so to have struggles and play teams close that have then gone on to do well – that's great, and then um, shoot, we just we we take it Utah to UMass, State, which Utah State, another thing. Oh, US, Utah State, and they're incredible. Yeah, Utah State. I mean, yeah, we got throttled by them, but the, they're having the best year of their existence, right? Can you think yeah. of an other Utah State team that would hold a candle to this one? Uh, maybe in Berlin Olsen's teams way back in the day. I don't know, <laughs> but that's before I was born. In my lifetime, no, absolutely way not. way yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Possibly Lavelle Edwards played there, right? So obviously he would have demolished everybody but um no <laughs> yeah we're getting way up no yeah the uh BYU schedule I I feel like this team is much better than what the record had showed and and currently does show and then um taking a closer look at the UMass numbers uh UMass had a prolific offense where BYU's defense has stopped them to a greater degree than just about everybody they've played. And so sometimes when you have a major discrepancy in talent, and you have BYU's at this level, UMass is at this level, you have to kind of look for those things to gauge where they at is, is what were other teams able to do. And when you look at those things, BYU's not as doom and gloom as their record and some of the fans may make it seem. So I've come the last couple of weeks, I've kind of come back around saying, you know, I don't know if it's really fair to dismiss Kalani and Tuiaki and, and everybody involved because this is a better season than it seems. Uh, I had said in our last recording two episodes ago, because this is two episodes in one, that if we came back and beat Boise State, that I would open the episodes shouting that BYU is back. And darn it, we were there. We were there. We were so close. We were right there to have it come down to the final play. It's kind of a microcosm of the season where you say, man, you know, it. You can't be too down on them because they were in the game. I mean, that's as in the game as it possibly gets to come down to the final play. But, man, it sure would have been nice to walk away with a W. Yeah, and you know what's funny about that situation? And it's it's the same with every fan and every team. It does not matter how much you win or lose by. Moods are based specifically win or loss. You look at this Boise State game, if they had right. just punched that in, you guys would be freaking ecstatic. But they're two yeah. yards short, so everyone's devastated. You know? Oh, yeah. Win or loss, it doesn't matter. And then, and at that point, that's when you start rationalizing, okay, well, we won barely, but we could have killed them here, here, or we lost. And then right. you start like, oh, we lost because right. of this, this, and this. We suck. It really, it only thing that matters is a win or a loss, and at that point, then you, then you run with your ras- rationalizations about how you should have won by more or lost yeah. by more. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. 
No, there are fans, and we all know who we are, but there's some who the win will never be good enough, even if it's a win, and there's some who the loss will never be bad enough, you know? And then we yeah. all judge each other like, well, you call yourself a real fan, and, it's, you know, yeah, we all see it differently. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm more of the when we lose, I, I immediately – start making excuses why we lost and like well this won't happen next week so we should be set whereas yeah i would prefer to be that way than say my dear dear friend d god 23 who everything <laughs> is miserable and terrible and yeah. he's never happy you know yeah in, in fact i went to way, i went to a usc you... game last year with him let me show you one quick story I went to the yeah, USC yeah. game last year with him it's fourth and two in the fourth quarter we run a play action Troy Williams hits the tight end out of the backfield and he gets down to the two-yard line. Everyone in the Ute section is going nuts because we just completed a 48-yard pass. And uh, I look back at him and he is furious, dropping all <laughs> kinds of F-bombs. I was like, what is wrong with you? He's like, we didn't score. We suck. We didn't score. He was more focused on the fact that he, he got stopped at the two-yard line than the fact that we just completed a 48-yard play. Oh, yeah, D-God, yeah. I hope you're listening to this. I love you, bro. You're hilarious. Anyway, go on with your, what you're about I love to say. him, too. I love him, too, because he hates me. What did he hate me for? There was some stupid joke I made. Oh, yeah, he's like, this is why field goals are worthless. And I separated the word. I'm like, they're worth less, you know, like, <laughs> fix it for you. Know? And it was just the dumbest little joke. And he's like, I hate you. And I'm like, anyway, um, I was telling him because when I thought that you were dead last week because you wouldn't answer my text, he was like, yeah, me and someone else, we all thought he was dead too. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there are people that care about you. Hey, I just man, that means a that, lot, you know? man. Dude, that, yeah. that means a lot to me right now. I feel good. Because, yeah, what happens is the day of games when we lose, my tech, yeah. my phone is blowing up with texts about the game, and I just I yeah. ignore it all because I just mentally can't process it because yeah. I'm so angry. In fact, the night that night, Saturday night, after we lost Arizona State, I popped three Unisom at 8 o'clock so I could fall asleep and just wake up in the morning and just be done with <laughs> With the day, that's how Dude. bad I take. How bad I take stuff. It's terrible. This makes me curious, though. Do you get the same number of texts when you win? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was worried that everybody was like your your frenemies. They're like, "You lost." Hey, let's talk to Jake about it. No, it's it's usually see it's usually group text with my brothers. I have a group text with my brothers where gotcha. we break down the game, talk about how either upset or happy we are. Then like three separate friend group texts. That are Ute fans, or where we talk and rehash. Yeah, and I would just. I'll, if we lose, I will tell everybody. I'll start. I'll start swearing, <laughs> swearing at him. Say, don't freaking text me anymore. I'm sick of this. I don't want to talk about it. I hope you die. And then just like yeah. del- mute the conversation and ignore it for three days. That's how I That's deal funny. with losses. Oh, it's terrible. That's funny. My my wife got in. A, so my wife's a Miami Dolphins fan, and and uh, naturally for sure. By Miami Dolphins fan, I mean she was a Miami Dolphins fan when she was a kid and when we were dating, and then she's got kids and a, a life that's not related to sports now, and she doesn't follow the team anymore. But her cousin and her brothers, like they're all still Miami Dolphins fans. So she'll be in on these group texts and has no clue what's going on. You know, it'll just be randomly a Sunday afternoon, like, could you believe Tannehill or whatever? This, this, <laughs> she's, they still include her, you know, bless their hearts. Yeah. She's just, she's just lost. She's the lost sheep, man. She's, they're trying to bring her back to the fold, leave the 90 and nine yeah. to go find the lost dolphin fan. That's the, that's so how the scripture goes, right? The lost dolphin yeah, fan. The lost, the lost dolphin. That's, yeah. You know, had Christ been raised like in a more of a Aruba marine <laughs> mammal community, <laughs> if yeah, he had been born at a major all of, in the Caribbean all of our for sure. <laughs> parables would be different. It'd be the marine Bible. 
<laughs> oh man, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh wait, what do we want to talk about BYU? I I kind of covered a little bit of BYU, but there's more things we should talk about besides dolphin parables. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so okay, so you got. <laughs> Sorry. So no, that's all right. <laughs> okay, so you got to Mexico State this week. Obviously, you're probably going to win that. So you're going I in. I hope so. You're going into Rice. Dude, do you realize next week's podcast is a rivalry week podcast? Uh, but also every week is a rivalry week podcast, it is, but right? But here, here's what we should do differently on the rivalry week podcast. We should not hold back because, you know, we'll say stuff and we'll be like, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're being pleasant. But next week we should just let our true like smack talk come out. The airing of grievances? <laughs> yeah, we should. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I can't. Here's the thing. I hate pregame smack talk and then postgame owning of it because as a fan, some fans, I don't know, I will trash talk. <laughs> my abilities but i can't it's like like think of a golden state warriors fan they're not superior to utah jazz fan you know yeah. and so it's like i don't know i don't i don't really talk a lot of pre-game pre-game trash other than like little jabs here and there and try to be funny here's what but, i do uh, in real life okay in real life with my yeah. friends i i talk we, we joke around before but as soon as the game is over i do not even bring it up ever unless they bring it up first i don't talk i don't do any follow-up rubbing in because i know how it feels i hate it so all my yeah. real life friends i will not even bring it up i'll go months even without even talking about the game to them the utah Bay game okay but on twitter the people i don't really know in real life <laughs> that's where yeah. i go after them after games yeah. and it's fun man because I'll be I'm honest, still, dude, it's been so freaking long since Utah lost to BYU. I don't remember what it feels like. Oh no, I do. I remember what it feels like because I walked out of the stadium in '09 when it happened. But dude, yeah. like my my online life, I, it, Instagram wasn't even around last time BYU beat Utah. No, can you imagine how much different our Twitter community would be if those were even, or if it was the other way around? Because I feel like the social media community that's built up is shaped by the success of the teams. Because I'll tell you this, and I had this, we're going way, way back. I don't think this guy, there's no way he listens to the podcast, but he's a, he was a good follow when he was active on Twitter. I think it was Fear the Red Beard, at Fear the Red Beard. Everybody follow my buddy Jeff, and he'll wonder what is going on, because he hasn't tweeted in like a year probably. Fear the Red Beard. I know him in real life. He's a really good guy. He's hilarious. He's a diehard Ute fan. And we were talking a long time ago, and he called us out, um, BYU fans, for, for being, I don't know even remember what it was. But I turned things around because Utah football was good at the time and Utah basketball was bad at the time. And I said, look, when you don't have anything that's fun to talk about, you don't say anything. Like, just because I'm not talking doesn't mean I'm not a fan. I'm like, look at what you say during BYU, or during Utah basketball season. And so that's a, that was a really long background of pointless me saying the fans still are there, but we're not active and we don't really enjoy being active outward fans with everybody during a down time or during a down year. And I feel, I feel like yeah, Utah yeah. Utah is seeing unprecedented success in their rise in the Pac-12 in the past decade that also happens to be the decade of Twitter, at least among circles like this, growing in popularity. I think overall the app is actually losing users, but I keep seeing more and more new followers show up. They're like, hey, what's this? And they treat it like a comment section on KSL, and they have no clue what they're doing, which is fine. Welcome to the fold. Welcome to Twitter. You'll figure it out eventually. But there's just more and more people joining the communities, and and it happens to be at a time when things are going really well for Utah. And I guess my point in all this is if you think certain BYU fans are insufferable now— 
Imagine if things were opposite. <laughs> Dude, oh, I know how they'd be, bro. I was around pre-Twitter back in the old message board days, and I hate to admit this because, yeah. gosh, it's such a nerdy thing, but like the fans.net and Cougar board, you know? Yeah, that, yeah. That's what it, where I hung around in the early 2000s, and, dude, yes, that was when it was a lot more even, when it was, you know, the John, Be- the Max Hall, complete, all that crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it there's fans on both sides. I'm one of them that can be super insufferable, but, yes, if BYU is dominating right now, Ah, uh, it'd be miserable because there's several people I can think of off the top of my head where I would just like I would die having to deal with them. Well, and I feel like this too. And this is the there's the good and the bad. The good is yeah, we uh, more it'd be more even. You know, more of us could have fun with celebrating our success and things like that. Here's the bad. There's a lot of cool people that wouldn't be there. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of Ute fans that I like that honestly, if BYU was killing or if it was even even, they'd be like, this sucks. This isn't as fun. I'm out. You know? Yeah, uh, it, I'm it one of them. I know. I I almost delete Twitter after every loss, so I could imagine <laughs> being owned by BYU for a decade. You know what I would yeah. do? I, I wouldn't be around either. It's it's yeah. Uh, Twitter it's, wouldn't it's be a hard. fun place for you. So so that's the thing. Just recognize that there is a you. There is a mighty Alaskan cougar equivalent that's not on Twitter because it sucks, right? Well, I'm gonna go find that lost dolphin. the mighty mighty alaskan dolphin (laughs) somebody if could you and this won't happen because we're small potatoes still we're we're not the biggest podcast out there if we had like the radio listenership that some of these programs have there would be a troll account right now that's like the mighty alaskan dolphin that would just be nothing but blasphemous marine parables (laughs) (laughs) it would be maybe one day this is what we can aspire to my man yeah yeah all right so okay so back to byu because we didn't really touch much on them so they beat umass and kind of i mean i watched i watched part of that game first half on that grainy grainy broadcast on byu tv (laughs) where literally i k jazz broadcasting bingham versus alta it was a better is a better production than that crap you know the funny thing being way up here, I'm not sure why that is because up here it was HD. Like I had a good – like I can complain about the commentary. Like the radio – the people had really – seemed like amateur hour a little bit. Uh, the picture was good though. Really? And I huh. think sometimes – yeah, I think when it broadcasts locally because BYU TV isn't local for me here. It's like a, uh, it's on my Roku channel. I got it in, in good uh, HD. Or maybe oh, the really? Alaska. Maybe I'm just so used to Alaskan TV that it seems like HD to me. Yeah, yeah. No, the picture is bad. So you. So for me, anyway. So they beat. They yeah. they handled them the second half, five and five. So okay, back to a question I asked a couple weeks ago. What, yeah. what at this point you feel like the season's better than than it looks? So what what yes. uh, what happens with your coach? Let's say you beat New Mexico State, lose to Utah, six and six. Um, yeah. So after after doing exactly what was expected the last two weeks, uh, it, it, well, and not even that moral victory. I'm going to say moral victory against Boise State. You know, moral victory there. We were we were really close, right there in it, and then blowing out UMass. Uh, that's what uh, we expected uh, to a certain degree. So all three options are still on the table. If they lose to New Mexico State and Utah, it's time to make some changes. You know, we can do better than that. We can improve. That's not who we are. If we beat New Mexico State, lose to Utah. Hey, give them more time. Things are tr- going the right trajectory. Especially when you consider the amount of freshmen we're playing, that means stay the course. You're going to have better times ahead. So I wouldn't change anything if we go one and one these last two games. And in that scenario that we'll talk a lot more about next episode, we beat New Mexico State, beat Utah. You know, you celebrate, give everyone a raise, pay them more money, do what you need to do to keep them here because that's the thing we need to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I cannot, I cannot wait there, for so. next week's. I cannot wait for next week's episode. Rivalry right. podcast. It's going to be lit, man. It's going to be lots <laughs> you know of fire. Gonna, here's something that sucks, by the way. 
So, by the way, this is, I know a lot of you have been tuning in just to hear my um, my weight loss updates, and the sports is just kind of something you suffer through to, to hear about how I'm doing health-wise. And that's why I we put it goal. at the end, because people, we you do. know, it's to get them to the listen. Teaser. Yeah. We'll go add all these commercial breaks, and I'll say, I'll say after the break, how much do I weigh today? Yeah. Um, no, I hit my goal Saturday. So Saturday, I, I hit exactly where I wanted to be, which means I can like eat chocolate and stuff now, and life's good again. But I wanted to look ahead to the basketball game and say, let's keep it going, and say, let's take a reasonable amount of time and come up with a reasonable amount of weight. Because man, that that bet, the the bet of if I don't lose the weight, I have to wear Utah gear during the game. That motivated me like nothing else, and so I'm so glad I did it. Kansas City Ute, you're a genius for coming up with that. So I was looking ahead. I'm like, all right, how much can I lose by the time the basketball game gets here? It's two stupid weeks after the football game. Yeah, it's uh, it's That's like not enough time. And I and we can talk. I mean, we can talk about this later, the basketball podcast. But yeah, um, I don't know what's going to happen in that game because there's so many unknowns. You know, yeah, it's, it's at a neutral site. Utah's got a bunch of new players. They look talented, mm-hmm. but they haven't played well together yet. Anyway, let's not digress into basketball yet. This no, is a football podcast. Point, point just being, I feel like from a rivalry standpoint in general, it'd be nice if we had a few months, you know? Like like on years when they kick the football game to the end of the season, let's kick the basketball game to the end of the season for no reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look you look back at past years when we were in the Mountain West, we'd play football in November, but then our basketball wouldn't play until february and or march you know because it was right, a conference right. game so you had a few months to stew on it but you're right dude i didn't realize that football game's over boom basketball game two weeks later it's crazy yeah that means whoever wins it's going to be short-lived because byu is going to win in basketball and so <laughs> that, never mind I, that just that just showed my hand that just showed that i think utah's going to win in football yeah boom yes <laughs> eight is coming my uh, man anyway yeah. well, well well two is coming two weeks later yeah. i'm gonna be like two like We'll make some utahman.com or whatever that's like two games in a row constantly. Twice is nice, right? <laughs> Something like that. All right, so real quick predictions. Utah, Colorado, yeah. I say uh, final score will be Utah 34, Colorado 24. Um, and then okay. you beat New Mexico State by three three or four touchdowns. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say the same on mine. BYU is going to win handily. Handed, is it handily or handedly? I think it's handily, no D, no, you know no two Ds. Yeah, it's handily because I I uh, I kind of made fun of Jordan Wynn for saying it wrong like a, about a month or two ago. He said something about winning handedly, and anyway, not to his face, not anything. Anyway, <laughs> Dude, I, I would that, never. Hey, yeah, for sure. The best way to do it is anonymously on Twitter, man. That's, that's <laughs> no, no, no. That's I okay. mean, like in a way that he wasn't gonna see it, or if he did see it, it wasn't obvious. I was making fun uh. of him. Anyway, great guy, but yeah, he said handedly, and now I, now here I am live on air, not getting it right myself. So, yeah. what a hypocrite I am. Uh, BYU will win handily. Utah, I think, is going to lose by four touchdowns because I'm already in that rivalry mode, and Colorado is going to be inspired. They're gonna there's gonna have some pregame speech where some fullback that's only had a few snaps all year he's gonna stand up on a bench and he's gonna have his Disney moment where he says, "I know we, whatever, like we've had our setbacks and I know McIntyre this and that and he's gonna say, but these are the moments that define who we are and there will be like a little bit of music you know there'll be like uh-huh. a violin player in the back of the locker room yeah. and everybody's just gonna in that moment. Hey, do you believe that can happen in sports, that you can be inspired in one moment to play better than you've been preparing for? I think you can be inspired 
for a play. Let's say all that pregame crap. You can you can it's be do one you can play. be pumped, but you get out there and as soon as the you start hitting people, it's about talent and it's about execution. And granted, you can be super overly overly amped. And I think you can make mistakes, but I think uh-huh. as the game wears on, by the time it's three four minutes in the game, it's 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 doesn't matter what speech you heard or what what yeah. you're playing for. It's all about talent and execution and coaching at that point. You you've either got it or you don't. Yeah. So. Come coming back to my high school basketball career, freshman year that as you know and everybody knows I got cut. I was shooting baskets in the driveway every day for 6 months in preparation for tryouts. I cut all carbonation out of my diet for three months before tryouts i mean i put in the work and i showed up and i expected that to just carry me through and it didn't you know because i just (laughs) i'm not that great and then sophomore year i i recognized nobody makes it the sophomore year after getting cut from their freshman year unless you're michael jordan or benji hadfield Uh, but i didn't know that second part of the time i just wasn't expecting to win but i saw the movie hoosiers the night before tryouts and man, I love that movie. That is such an inspiring basketball movie. And I was sitting there the night before tryouts, and I was lamenting the fact that I had not adequately prepared. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to show up on my ball out. And I did. And I, I let my emotions show. Like, like I, I was guarding really intensely, and I was working on these dribble drills that they had taught us in the camp before the practice. And I was making sure I used those same moves in the game so they'd see that I was paying attention. And then I remember once I missed a few shots in one of the scrimmages, and as I walked out of the gym, I kicked the door. And I made it <laughs> so loud. Like, I wanted every coach in that room to know that I could do better than that. And I was so mad. And so, I mean, I was just this emotional, like... And to some degree, I guess this is the uh, showmanship I was calling out at the beginning of the podcast. You know, I was putting, I was exaggerating a little bit how mad I was, but I made the team because they saw something there, and I think that's what Colorado can do: is they can they can watch Hoosiers of football, they can watch Rudy, like instead of practicing this week, just watch Rudy over and over and over again. Show up, reach that next level, get a few personal fouls because you're so emotional. Stun the Utes, beat them by three touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. I can mic drop for sure. Drop. What happens if I actually drop? Mic. <laughs> oh snap okay well two things about your little rant there the reason i you picked made the up team, my microphone i'm back the reason you made the team is they saw how angry you were when you kicked the door like this guy he's better than he's playing do you see how, do you see him kick the door he's we gotta be Gord's better door kicker on our team <laughs> yeah. we gotta have him and two you said rudy the movie rudy do you realize it's our second reference to to rudy in this podcast and it's two Whoa. separate rudy's that's a record rudy the fox and rudy uh the movie will never yeah. in, no matter how many podcasts we do the rest of our life we'll never have two rudy references two separate rudy references in one but, episode but we missed the obvious one we could rudy have had a fo- third uh, rudy the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer oh that yeah, man we could get four there we're just we're just piling rudy gobert he's our rudy oh, that's what sure. unites us right our love that of is. the jazz Yes, sir, Rudy Gobert. And, in fact, I'm wearing my jazz hat for this podcast. Yeah, man. there you go. For it. Rudy Gobert, Rudy the Fox, Rudy the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Rudy the Notre Dame player. Four Rudy's. It's incredible. All right, we I think we should wrap Rudy it up. Episode. People are probably – if everyone hasn't turned it off by now, we might as well just wrap it up. I think when I dropped my microphone, that might have hurt everybody's ears and they turned it off then. Yeah. So, so we can yes. say whatever we want now. Okay, so we really will see you all all next week during the uh, the rivalry podcast. And man, I, I I'm telling you right now, I will bring I will bring dude I, Salt Lake Jake will come out during this next week's podcast. <laughs> if you remember Salt Lake Jake was a huge call of the day on Jim Rome when I was yeah. ripping on BYU. It's gonna be it's gonna be lit next week, the rivalry cast. We will see you next week. Go Utes. This will be fun. You mean go Hawks. Go Cougars.
Okay, we're just kidding. We're back. We actually had one last uh, one last <laughs> thought we want to talk about. Go ahead, Benji. You're the one that brought it up. The helmets. I like the helmets. I like the artistry done, the wings. They were well done. And I put this out there on Twitter. My one criticism is that in the animal kingdom, nothing looks good from below. You know, you take imagine the last fish you caught and look at the belly of the fish. It's all just kind of yellow and white while the pretty parts are on the top and on the side. And a bird's wings are the same way. A bird's wings are really pretty if you're above it and just kind of white and like dirty looking from below. And so the thing is like the eagles, you look at the eagle's helmet and they get away with it because it's a cartoon. But then you take the University of Utah Hawks or red-tailed hawks, whichever mm-hmm. name they're going to go with in five years when they change everything. The red hawks. <laughs> you've, the red hawks. I like it. You've got, you've got an aesthetic wing from above, and they, and they painted very detailed the bottom part of the wing. And I just – I didn't like that part of it. I like everything else. I just – I wish they would have showed it like, like they were so close, you know? Dude, I, 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 I never would have even thought of that, and I appreciate you getting down into details like that. But you know what? Maybe the reason they did it is because they want people to know, man – we don't. We're getting into the the nitty gritty. We don't care about aesthetics. We care about listen. When we're on top of you, beating you down, you're gonna see the bottom side of our wings. You know, so might as well just get the bottom side of the wing painted on the helmet. But I will say this. Okay, I know it's. I know it took a lot of crap from a lot of people. Mostly all BYU fans and probably about sixty percent of Ute fans. So there's a there's about forty percent of Ute fans that liked it. I'm on the camp that I liked it because I yeah. like different things. I like new things. Yeah. I like yeah. that we can show up one day and have. 200 hand-painted helmets and have it be just yeah. totally different for one game, you know? If that were our helmet full-time, ah, no, no thank you. Stick right. with drum and feather. But a one-time hand-painted red-tailed hawk, that's pretty cool, man. I, I was pretty I was pretty down with that. I, I like it. I like it because it's a tradition. To my knowledge, I don't think any other school does this. Is there anyone else that does a hand-painted one I don't think game so. a year? I don't think so. And, and that's I, I know awesome. that. I know that. So I, I watched a story on it. It's it's a guy who just sits there with all two hundred helmets, and he like has an airbrush and an air painting, and just sit, takes his time and just paints each. It's helmet. the same person. Yeah, it's the same guy, and he numbers them wow. one out of two hundred, two out of two hundred, three out of two hundred, and it costs a lot of money to do it. I think I read somewhere that it was like a hundred or two hundred grand for the U to do yeah. that, and so that's pretty cool. And but then they auction them off to to actually make money right or they to do like they, at least charity. they did in years past i know the black yeah. drum and feather one they did a couple years ago they auctioned off and but they, it's like two or three grand per helmet to buy them and so that's pretty cool yeah i do like that um if they offered i was say because you you shared with us your strategy of the past of matching the team if they had a hat that was hand painted by the same guy <laughs> you could wear to that game what price would you be willing to pay for a hand painted hat that matches the helmets oh man I don't know, like literally maybe maybe a hundred bucks. I wouldn't go more than a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Make it happen, guy. Hopefully he's someone who's listening. That would be pretty cool are. though, man. Yeah. That's yeah. you gotta get that got that set up. All right, I'm glad All right, we extended we this for this this point. That was good. Yeah. You had one more point, I cut you off. What were you saying? Uh, I don't remember now, but it it wasn't anything special. I'm thinking too, if you carried through the uh the detailed wings like what other animal mascots are on helmets out there? Like I'm just imagining if you had a full-on red-tailed hawk, but you got every last little detail. Like you know, modesty be darned. <laughs> you know, just just show the hawk in all its glory, every Dude. last little part of that hawk. Yeah, uh, that would be incredible. Yeah, that would be a little hawk. Little <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, it'd be cool, man. I mean, the gators, the gators could do a pretty cool gator helmet. You oh know? yeah, that would. Or like you think like Texas Longhorns, some big. Or I like it like LSU's 
tiger eye they have in the middle of their field. That would be. Oh, cool I do. I love that. I love that yeah. one. Um, right, I do like so the BYU fan base is I, I don't want to say split. It's like ninety nine percent opposed to the color tan being included. And there's one guy out there. Uh, I think it's Bradford who uh, is from Alaska that loves the tan. And I I feel like we can use the tan if we go all out and make it very detailed, like actual cougar fur looking stuff, where like yeah. we really make the players look like cougars. And then I'm okay with tan. But other than that, I don't want tan to be a part of it. The cat you can wear khakis, you know, khaki tan. Yeah, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get the feeling about the tan. I wouldn't like it either, to be honest. But anyway, yeah. well, I guess uh, good, I guess this uh, sort of <laughs> wrap it up, man. Until next week. <laughs> Bonus and, material. Yeah, that was. Maybe, yeah, bonus material. Good bonus material, too. This is some yeah. good stuff. So, all right. Talk to you next week. Go Utes. All right. Go Hawks. Go Cougars.